As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Today, my featured guest is Shelly Rude, and she served in the United States Army Reserves for 16 years as an intelligence officer and now as a civilian chaplain and small business owner advocating for selfless service in action. Attaining the rank of captain, Shelley served as an S-2, a company commander, and more, leading covert intelligence briefings and orchestrating security programs for nearly 4,000 soldiers, BC Nation. She's a toughie. Her military awards include the Shield of Sparta and the St. Joan de Arc. St. Joan of Arc, people. A distinguished military graduate from Western Michigan University, Shelley also earned her MA in Ministry Studies at Moody Theological Seminary. She is the, cre- the creator of Others Over Self, a leadership mindset serving people in positions of influence. Chaplain Rude is very active in the veteran care community and facilitates the Warriors with Warriors program which connects spiritual warriors with earthly warriors. That's some cool stuff right there. Shelly and her husband are tackling the daily challenges of raising two little human boys. I get it. I get it. Hey, Shelly, I'm going to let you know, okay? And, and, and you too, BC Nation, you can listen in on this, okay? I got a beautiful little girl, her name, daughter, her name is Laura. She's two and a half years old. I got a beautiful little son. His name is Asher, and he is turning one month old, uh, sorry, one year old next month. And guess what? God just bless us with the third baby. We're pregnant. Go, God. Go, God. So, new baby on the way. All right, Shelly Rude, welcome to Broken Catholic, number one podcast on Apple for Protestants and Catholics. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, girl. Joseph Warren, I'm so honored and thrilled to be here today. And I have to tell you, I'm live right now from Selfridge Air National Guard Base in Metro Detroit, Michigan. So, if you do hear a little bit of rumbling, it's probably the A 10 Warthogs flying overhead. It's such an amazing opportunity to be a part of BC Nation and connect with our fellow Catholic and Protestants. You know, my faith journey has been a very long one. I'm not somebody that ever flipped the switch into being a believer. Uh, For me as an intelligence professional, I dissect 
all kinds of information. And so for me, it was a journey of years and years and years of due diligence. Um, and of course, God does what he does. And yes, I became a follower of Christ uh, in my late 30s, to be honest with you. So it hasn't been the short road, but it's it's been a fun one. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So just to clarify, you were doing like recon operations with heaven, making sure this is the way, this is the truth, this is the life before you said yes. Oh, absolutely. God had me walking some really, really crazy missions that I didn't even recognize that he was the general of, right? Because he loves covert operations. And so it's not until after you fail many, 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 many times that you decide, you know what, my way is uh, not the best way. There is a better way and it's God's way. Man, it's such a tough lesson to find out that we're wrong. I don't like it. I just don't. My ego doesn't like it. Shelly, take a minute. Share something personal about you that very few people in your business life, your military life actually know about you. So part of my life is my lifestyle of being an encourager, right? I'm an entrepreneur just like you are. I have a face, a name, a voice, and people get to know me. And it's very easy to look from the outside and see that we're perfectly put together. And the truth is, day to day, uh, my family and I, we are walking challenges. And something that a lot of my professional life doesn't recognize is that my husband, he allows us to openly talk about this. Uh, he does suffer from hereditary depression. It's clinical depression. And he goes through cycles. He's on medication for it. We have professional clinical uh, people in our lifestyle uh, and it is hard. I mean, there there are cycles and there are things to watch for and there are triggers and his mood affects my mood. Even when you don't want it to, we do the best that we can to live a life of good presence and resiliency and putting the Lord's knowledge over everything. And we're still human beings. And so that is something that we're definitely walking with day to day is how do we manage these human faults, if you will, and not let them beat us down every day. Mm. Shelly, thank you for opening up about that. I mean, that takes vulnerability, you know, to say, hey, look how polished I am on the outside, but on the inside, you don't want to go in there. <laughs> and pride, because I am very much a pick yourself up by your bootstraps type of person. I mean, I was swinging the hammer on the roofs of Detroit from the time I could walk. That was my father's business and my grandfather's business. And we are all about hard work and hustle and get it done. And we earn the things that we get in life. That's not the biblical message. Mm. And so when you choose to work with people, when you want to be a true leader, when you marry someone who does have a medical issue, all of a sudden, we find ourselves in the role of the caregiver, whether we like it or not. And a lot of us are not very good caregivers. And that's a struggle that I'm trying to figure out right now. How do I put my pride behind myself and just be a biblical caregiver? And I don't want to. Mm, that's so real. You know, I share that with you. Let me ask you this. Experiencing that kind of loss of control in your life as a military professional who is trained to stay in control of the situations in front of you, to not react emotionally, but calmly decide, choose, act, What's that like? I mean, that day-to-day -day loss of control where you, there's a feeling of powerlessness that goes with that, isn't there? 
There is. So right when we talk about depression, you're looking at maybe somebody who can't get out of bed sometimes mm. or someone who is just continuously exhausted. And depression and anxiety are two different sides of the same coin. And so sometimes depression and anxiety symptoms can look like being manic or being hyper worried about things. And being a military person, you said it, we take our thoughts and our feelings and we just bury them and we go mission first. And so in my mind, I don't care how you feel today, you're going to work. <laughs> in my mind, I don't care if you're tired from whatever you did this afternoon, the dishes need to be done and the baby needs to be changed. And so we end up with this survival day after day after day after day, and we never actually get to thrive because we are just trying to get through the day over and over and over again. And what we, what we miss here is that even in the military, we have periods of R&R of rest and relaxation. You, you have set periods where you can't go mission first always. You have to take yourself out of the fight. You have to give yourself that resiliency time to reset. And then you can go back in. In the church world, right, we consider that a sabbatical, a time where you need to just step out and walk closer with God and then go back into the day-to-day -day life. And I think that we miss that in our walk just as human beings. And I have a tendency to go mission first, mission hard, mission driven. And it's not that I wanna step on people along the way. It's just that I do tend to put up blinders and say, you're either with me or you're not. <laughs> that could be difficult in a marriage. Yeah, that's why I've had two marriages. No, I don't know if that's why, but. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I was raised Catholic and I was originally married in a Catholic church. Um, and yes, that that's a, a horrendous story there, which I would love to share with our listeners, because I know that we do have a lot of people listening statistics show, right? Maybe you're Catholic and you're divorced. That's a thing you're allowed to be, whether you believe it or not. Uh, and on the flip side of it, right, even if you are Protestant, maybe we've got listeners who think it's okay to live together and not be married. Or maybe we've got people that have been through two or three different marriages uh, and are struggling to even believe in marriage. I've been in that side of the coin, too, where, gosh, after my first one dissolved, it was such a horrendous mess. I would look forward and I would just think, what do I even want to date anybody? Why? Everybody lies. Everybody cheats. Everybody steals. Why in the world, <laughs> if we're as broken as I believe that we are, why in the world would I want to marry another human being and do this all again? And I've mm. been there too. Mm. And yeah, I actually made that choice to remarry. And it's going great. I don't know, fingers crossed. Maybe you can help me with some marriage advice here, Joseph, uh, because it's not easy to be married to a woman like me. And I know that. <laughs> you know, so many things we know. But then we're like, but I'm not going to change. <laughs> well, why would I? I'm perfect. Why would I? I am perfect. Jeez, People everyone else. People message me on social media all the time and tell me how perfect and amazing and beautiful I am. <laughs> <laughs> pumping the tires. Pumping the tires. Shelly, I mean, you're bringing up some real stuff here. You know, this mission first, mission hard, mission driven way of thinking now, yes, these are military terms, but for all our business folks out there, aren't you doing the same thing, just using different language? Right? It's like you're chasing the money. You're chasing the success. You're on a mission. And there's some casualties of war that happen. It's called your spouse and your kids. 
mm-hmm. and the yeah. the loved ones closest to you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, they get left behind because you put mission over family. So you have youngins, and I have youngins. I have a twelve year old who is taller than me. He's he's a giant. He's like a man before, right? He's a man. That's awesome. <laughs> and then we have a two-year-old child who was born special needs. So both mm. boys. And as a female, and I know that you'll appreciate this piece of the conversation, right? I really struggle with being a strong female. And I know that all of my Christian people can identify with this a little bit, right? Because when a lot of females think of the biblical female and the biblical wife, they go to the Proverbs 31 woman and they think that she is dripping in flowers and perfume, right? And I hate flowers. (laughs) Actually, she she was a shrewd entrepreneur. I love that you said that. She totally was, right? She was boss. She ran her household like a business. She was selling things in the market. And so I I really had to struggle with this coming to Christ's definition of what he wants out of a woman. I don't have to wear flowery things and I don't have to be this soft-spoken doormat. I mean, as a survivor of an abusive relationship, the last thing that I ever want to be in my life is a doormat. And yet sometimes we find ourselves as that mistakably. And so how do we do that, right? How do we not be a doormat, but yet speak with love and gentle kindness? How do we be a strong woman, but yet not be perceived as fist in the air, smash the patriarchy? (laughs) It's so difficult. It is so difficult. And Joseph, I think that you do it the right way by just speaking from the heart. Thanks, Shelly. So how do you find the middle in your own life? Because either I, extreme doesn't work. You're right. Either extreme doesn't work. And I, I think that if I am any measure of success at this point in my life, it is because God gave me a man to pair myself with that balances out where I am too far in one direction. So I'm too heavily mission first. And he paired me with a man who puts God first. And he keeps me in check. I suffer very much from issues of pride, from issues of self-importance. Shelly's agenda is more important than anyone else's agenda. I suffer, which maybe you do, Joseph, but like when it's time to change the baby's diaper. I think that sometimes there's this stereotype that a woman is more nurturing and she just wants to do these things. Uh, I don't. I didn't babysit when I was a young girl. And so as an adult, I don't want to change the diaper. I don't I don't want to babysit my children. I, I, you know, I can handle like maybe half an hour, maybe an hour. And after that, I want to give them to a nanny. And that's not okay, right? That nothing about that is the biblical description of a family. And so I suffer from that mentality as well. And I think I tend to be like minded with a lot of men in that aspect of it. So, Shelly, I can't help but notice the irony here. You have a website called othersoverself.com, yet you're saying, I struggle with the opposite. I struggle with me first, mission first, over others. What's going on, girl? Well, I wear this t-shirt for me. So so why are you up to this mission of others over self 
if it's the very thing you're you literally self-admittingly say you're not good at it is it is because i truly believe in the mission i genuinely believe that god's biblical mission for humanity is to put the needs of others over our own and if we did that could you just imagine if we did that as husbands as wives as daughters as sons i mean if we did that as leaders if we did that as the people who are leading the businesses and the ones who are in public position if we really genuinely put the needs of others over our own what an incredible world we would have and i wear this t-shirt not because i think other people should do it i wear this t-shirt because i need the day-to-day reminder that shelly this is how you need to be living right and and to put myself in check before I would ever be able to stand on the rock and put anyone else in check. That's not my job to put other people in check. That's God's job. And he's really, really good at it. You know, uh, a few years ago, I had uh, this little brand where I printed out some shirts similar to yours, and it was, I am third. I am third. Mm. And uh, people would stop me. I even got one of those vanity license plates on my car in the front. You know, I'm third. And people would stop and be like, what is that I am third thing? I'm like, it's literally a reminder for my ego, for my pride, that God's first, others are second, I am third. Because I forget daily. I forget hourly. Right? I used to really struggle with this, you know? And granted, God's done a lot of work in me. So it's much less of a struggle now. Um, but yeah, it is our human nature to think of ourselves first. And even those people listening right now that are very nurturing and you're like, oh, not me. I, I always put others first. I always put others first. Yeah, but secretly, like if you admit it, like there's a, there's a hidden payoff in it for you. Mm-hmm. Right? There's that, uh, you know little adrenaline or whatever you want to call it, endorphins shooting through you when you get the thanks or or when you save someone because you got the savior complex, right? There's, see, we got all these little selfish motives. You may not be selfish, but you may have some selfish motives, right? And you really got to dig into it because I know I definitely did and a lot of people I know have these things, right? You and do. I know I'm not I know alone. a friend who runs, a, he's like a, coach and he teaches about humble being humble mm-hmm. and he said you know who hires a, a coach to be humble not humble people <laughs> maybe people who think they're humble if you think that you're humble you're not humble <laughs> exactly at least we admit it people paul admitted he, he had problems you know saint paul he's like i got a thorn in my side it was probably his ego and pride like the rest of us you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. all right shelly 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 Where have you been resisting God lately? You know, I have to say that caregiver role because I I do once, I just want to be at work. And I think that's a lot of the pride issue. I love my mission. I feel that God is calling me to do the work that I do and he's blessing us with resources to do the work that we do. And I just want to go to work. And so when, you know, the baby has a fever and is not allowed to go to daycare, it's like my world is flipped upside down. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that I have to stay home with the child today. And and I resist that. And so it really has to do with the devil going into your brain when you're put in moments like that, where I hear phrases in my head that say, well, I'm just not good at being a caregiver or somebody else needs to do this or 
I just don't have what it takes. I mean, how many times do you hear the new fathers with a newborn who just can't handle the constant crying and we're frustrated and we think, I just don't have what it takes. I'm just not made to be a father, right? Women have these feelings and these thoughts as well. And so that's where I'm still resisting God is when I do find myself immersed in the caregiver role and I really just want to escape. God has me there for a reason and I need to recognize what that means. Mm. You bring up such a good point. Let me ask you a question here, Shelly. I'm going to ask you a lot of questions. You know, like, have you ever done something in the military where you went in, you thought you were going to be good at it, and then you sucked at it? What if I told you that I failed grenade training? <laughs> okay. I'm like, how do you fail that? You pull a pin and throw. Uh, what, did you throw it out the wrong, in the wrong direction? Yeah, uh, <laughs> if we can stereotype, I throw like a girl, like a really okay. bad girl. I I did not do uh was that shocking was to you the first time that happened yeah okay. everybody else can throw the stupid grenade over the bunker i can't believe that i can't even throw it to 20 feet are you kidding me and this is not a tennis ball this is a live grenade and the pin has been pulled and now my instructor's <laughs> grabbing the back of my vest shoving me down into the sand so that my head doesn't blow off yeah i was shocked <laughs> That's great. That's gold right there. All right. Shelly, as a piggyback to that question, have you ever done something the first time you sucked at it, but then you stuck with it and you suck less every time you practiced it until you didn't <laughs> suck anymore? How many times could you practice throwing live grenades? I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing as long as your head didn't blow off, you're doing okay. <laughs> You know, using that example, uh, yeah, it took me a few times. It, I, I literally failed at grenade throwing live grenades, and they exploded in my face more than one time. Uh, and yeah, you, you take instruction. You have somebody who's been there before, who's yeah. experienced the same challenges, to stand next to you and help you learn how to do it a better way, a different way. And eventually, yes, you learn how I passed, right? I passed, I passed, I got out mm -hmm. of boot camp, and I was able to go on to have this incredible military career. And it's not easy. And and I hate even that that perpetuates the stereotype of girls not being good at throwing balls, right? But what can I say? That's the path that I've had. All right. So I think there's a lesson there for all of us there. And the lesson is some things we try the first time or the first 10 times and we're not good at it. We suck at it, yet we're being called to do it. So we ask ourselves, are we a get back upper or are we a give upper? Like, are you a quitter? Like, because you weren't in the grenade throwing and you saw it through. So how is that different in parenting? You know, I think sometimes we just put these like impossible or false, ex impossible standards or false expectations on ourselves. We're like, I got to show up as a perfect parent or I'm not called to be a parent. No, that's called extremes. Where's the middle? The middle is, hey. I thought I was going to do better at this parenting thing. <laughs> Turns out I'm throwing poop grenades all over the place uh -huh. and they're exploding, uh -huh. right? And anyone who's a parent understands that, that metaphor, right? And I don't want to deal with poopy diapers and sick kids. I want to go do the mission. 
I want to do the business, the occupation. Here's the truth, BC Nation. You ready? Write it down. If you're living in such a way where you're putting your mission before your vocation, then you got it backwards. Your priorities are not aligned with God's. See, in God's priority system, the proper order, it's always your vocation before your mission, before your occupation. And so many of us don't know this and we get it wrong. And then we cause all this stress for ourselves. So you just literally need to shift your priority and never question it again. My vocation always supersedes my, my occupation or my mission. Always. Or my business. Always. And when you just choose that and decide that and move forward in it, sure, you're going to have your hard days. But man, they're not as hard or difficult as before because you already burnt the ships and made the decision. Is that helpful to anyone? I think you have so many listeners that are people of faith and are leaders in the faith world and pastors, preachers. We do this too, right? We, we're so busy being the shepherd mm -hmm. that we forget about the kids at home. And me too. A lot of times, right, it's the chaplain's kid or the priest's kid mm -hmm. that are the worst kids. You know, my son is in private school and there's kids that I don't want him to hang out with, regardless of the fact that their father or mother holds a certain position because they're rebelling. Right. Their mm -hmm. parents are so busy teaching these lessons outside of the home that it's not actually being taught inside of the home. Uh, and my parents were Catholic, and I believe that I was maybe taught a little bit of that, where we went to we went to church on Sunday, and we didn't have Jesus invited back into our day to day household. And I'm so thrilled nowadays, where what we're hearing more and more of is this relationship idea of having a relationship with Christ and having it not be so focused around just tradition and the Sunday dinners and putting on the nice clothing and looking good for the people around us. It has to be more of that private, stoic, reverent relationship with Christ. We mm. all need that. You know, I grew up with that as well. I get it. You know, it was more of a relationship with religion than a relationship with God. Mm. You know, and and that didn't serve me well. And eventually I rebelled. I became defiant. And I was like, I want nothing to do with this tyrannical God. No way. The son of a Marine became defiant. <sighs> Could you imagine? Like I pushed back once I got my freedom. Freedom. Yeah. You know, and I think so many people, that's what happens. And it's like the Bible says, hey, dads, don't be harsh on your children. Lest, lest they leave, lest they rebel. They turn uh, away from God because of your bad presentation of God. You know, and so many dads, they, they don't get it. They don't get it. So, like, I'm actively choosing as a dad every day. Like, okay, there's discipline needed. They did this. What a, but never cross the line. Don't go too harsh. And if I ever have to, immediately follow it up with tender. So go tough, but then immediately give a hug after the discipline and I love you. And here's why I disciplined you. You and know, it's like, easy with littles, but when they get older, man, right? <laughs> little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. Now I got a 12 yeah. year old getting ready to turn 13. You know, he's already been exposed to pornography and all of these other oh, things yeah. in the world. And it is challenging, very challenging, especially as right as a strong woman trying to raise a gentleman. 
-hmm. and have him be welcomed by society and yet not be immersed in society. You mm. live it every day, don't you, Joseph? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's easy. Uh, not easy, sorry, that's difficult. For all you single moms out there listening right now, I mean, you've got a cross on your back. You know, this is why Jesus said, pick up your cross, take up your cross daily, daily, because every day it feels like a burden, right? I lived and, as a single mom for many, many years. Yeah, with, so you get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he says, follow me. He's saying, I'm the way, I'm the way. Well, what does the way look like? Well, it looks like self, selflessly uh, putting others over self, right? Um, it looks like taking up your cross and uh, hanging your ego and pride on a cross next to Jesus and watching it bleed out. <laughs> I don't know that there's enough nails to hold my ego to the cross. It's pretty big sometimes. I mean, you know, I'm 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 painting colorful language for a very intense, uh, you know, painful experience. But I've gone through it. I'm out the other side, you know, so I can laugh about it and lead others through it. And and uh, you know, we all have to go down this path. Like if we want to really follow Jesus, he says, "I'm the way," and then he says. All right, I'm headed this way. <laughs> He's headed to a cross. I mean, like, you're, you're like, like, no, I got to go bury my parents first. Yeah, exactly. You're like, uh, like, seriously, that's the way you picked? Like, for real? Out of all the ways, your way, like, leads to a cross. Like, dying to self, the hardest thing any human will ever do in their life. I'm so thankful that you said that because there's a lot of right? The social media jump on board the bandwagon with good ideas. Others over self is so catchy, right? And let us never forget that if we do choose to really genuinely have a relationship with Christ and make that a priority to live this way is the hardest thing that you'll ever do mm -hmm. because you are absolutely denying your internal wants and desires every turn of the page yeah. and it's exhausting. And sometimes you really feel like I can't do this another day. Where's me? What about Shelly? What, what I want to go paddleboarding. <laughs> I need to go X, Y, Z. What about me? Yeah. So here's what's interesting, Shelly, because I used to think I needed to give up me in order to follow God. Right? Just like you're saying. I had to give up my wants and my desires because I was selfish. And that's not actually the thing. It's not the truth. It's a lie. The enemy like distorts it. And what I came to realize was that, yeah, I have to temporarily die to self, but it's my fake self. It's my false self. Mm. It's my false identity that I created through all the hurts and wounds of my life that I put up around me to forward face the world and say, look at me, look at me. I'm successful. I'm a businessman. Look at this, right? But it ra really actually wasn't me, not the way God made me. It was a mask. It was a cover-up for all the ladies. It was makeup. You know, I think of the Michelangelo, uh, you know, quote or whatever. People are like, how did you carve the David? It's a masterpiece. How did you do it? He goes, what, what? All I did was release the man from the stone. That's right. You know, he saw the man surrounded by rock, 
He didn't see the rock. He just saw the man. This is how God looks down at you, BC Nation. He sees the man. He sees the woman that he created. And you're a masterpiece. But you're just, just surrounded and confined and constrained by all the rocks around you that you put up or allowed others to throw on you. And you walk around like in a pile of rocks your whole life. It's and not those you. rocks can look like social media. They can yeah. look like the expectations and the shame that other people impose upon you. When I was in my 20s, right, that was the majority of my military career. And so let's just paint the picture as it should be painted, right? So you have a very educated, a very smart, a very beautiful, a very sexy young woman who has the world as her oyster, right? She is traveling the world. She has all of her basic needs taken care of. Um, when I turned 30, I actually decided to do a bodybuilding show because I had already had one child and I wanted to prove that the human condition, the human being is in charge of our bodies. And so for me, that was a time where my marriage had fallen apart and I felt like I was just losing control of everything. And I knew that the one thing I could control was what I put in my mouth and how I used my body. Boom. And so going through that experience what you end up with on the other side, if you don't have spirituality, is you have this really incredibly socially perfect human being from the outside. And that's what you had with Shelly in her 20s. She was very self-centered. She spent a lot of time on herself, on her career. Um, she definitely put her own needs even over her child. And it wasn't until I came to Christ and my son was probably three, four years old that I actually realized and had the opportunity of saying, what am I doing? I don't have to be this way. It's okay if I'm not literally perfect, right? And even now, I mean, you can look at me, I'm fit. I'm super fit compared to the rest of the world. I am a super, super fit, sexy young individual and I'm not perfect. And I wish that I was, I still wish that I had like my show body, right? Uh, and I don't have it on purpose. At this point in my life, I know that I can say, well, I could have that. But instead, I'm choosing to skip the gym time and be there for my son when he gets out of school. Mm. And it's little things like that where I do give of myself in order to raise my child during these formative years. Mm. And I don't want to do it. I don't want to sit there and watch the cross-country meet for hours and hours and hours and hours. <laughs> I would much rather be that quote-unquote dad who's on the sidelines staring at his phone doing the business calls and making the big money. I would mm. love to be that. But I'm doing the hard thing, and I'm putting the phone down, and I'm getting there early, and I'm volunteering to set up the tent with the other parents. And I don't like it, but I'm doing it because I only have one shot at parenting. And what I'm noticing, Joseph, is as I'm looking around me, right, I'm still in my 30s and I'll, okay, I'm reaching the end of them. But as I'm looking around at all of these people who have accomplished more than I have in the world, their children, for the most part, are already grown and out of the nest. And so I keep telling myself that a decade from now, I'll have that opportunity. Now is not the time. And if God wants me to be that person in 10 years from now, then he's going to give me the resources and the time to do it. It doesn't have to be right now. Right now, he gave me the babies. You know, this is such a powerful realization you're going through, Shelly. And I acknowledge you for embracing it. 
And maybe you didn't at first, maybe you resisted it. But here you are, you're facing it. And I like what you said. You give of you choose to give of yourself to your family. And I like to counter that with giving of yourself versus giving up yourself. Right? Because going back to that earlier point, we think we need to give up ourself in order to give of ourself. But that's not true at all. Because you can choose right now, right here, to give of yourself, which means you're pulling from a deeper place. You're in there. You're just buried under the rocks. Right? So God just wants to release you and set you free and make you whole and complete, BC Nation. He doesn't want to constrain you or take away from who he made you to be. He actually wants, what does it say? The glory of God is what? Come on, Bible trivia, people. All my Protestants, where you at? The glory of God is a man fully alive or woman, right? The glory of God is a man fully alive. So God is literally revealing to us that the way he is most glorified, nothing brings him more glory than when you and I become fully alive. In order to do that, though, you got to stop focusing on building up the fake self, the false identity, and focus on sitting with God and saying, God, remove all these rocks from my life. Show me who I really am. You Who's know, underneath? That can come from just looking at what's next to you right now. Tell us more. As an entrepreneur, I'm always the visionary. I'm always looking after, oh, but what about this? And I could buy this and I could open this program and I could get this new course going, right? The possibilities are endless. I love a meritocracy. I absolutely love where I live and what I've been given and blessed with in this world. And at the end of the day, when I look to my left and I look to my right, if I just invested that dreaming energy into what is here, real, and now, then my life would be so much better. And not just my life, but the lives of the people around me would be mm. so much better. I mean, instead of going for that next reenlistment, for instance, or instead of going after that next job promotion, or instead of going after that next big client, what if you just took that energy and looked to your left and your right and gave it there instead? You And that's the thing about it is I think that if we aim for that star that's really far away and we obtain it, we think that we did it. Mm -hmm. But in reality, what you have with you right now on your left and your right are the resources and gifts that God has already given to you. And he's waiting to see what you do with them. Right. Mm -hmm. There's the parables about having money and what do you do with your money? Are you supposed to bury it and hide it and just keep it safe? Right? That's somebody who never dreams. That's somebody who never takes a chance. God tells us, no, that's not what you're supposed to do. Are you supposed to go just give it away? No. He teaches you that you are to invest it. So whatever he gave you right now, today, you have a responsibility to invest it and make it grow. And if you happen to lose something along the way, who cares? God is going to give it back to you because he's the one that knows what it's going to turn into in the end game anyway. Shelly, you're speaking some truth here, girl. Mm, I like it. BC Nation, as you're listening right now, look around your life. What has God already given you? 
And an even better question, who has God already given you that he wants you to invest in, to grow, to multiply? Hint, they look like little humans. We call them the replacements. (laughs) For sure. Listen, to those who are faithful in the little things, the thing in front of you, More will be given to you. But those who are not, even the little you have, will be taken from you. So if you're wondering why does it keep not working out, it's probably because you're outward focused instead of inward focused. Meaning looking within your own heart in the gifts and abilities that God has given you. Looking within your own home at the humans God has entrusted to you and building them up to know him, to love him, to serve him, to be with him in the next life. You know, there's a legacy, you know, everybody's chasing legacy. Once you get it to a certain age, right? You know, all the successful business guys and gals, they're like, what's my legacy going to be? Build my empire. Yeah. And, And they're focused on the wrong question. They're focused on what am I going to leave behind? Did you know, BC Nation, I could be wrong here, but did you know I completely disagree with that question? I don't think that's what legacy is at all, at least not in the eyes of God. That's in the eyes of the world. What did you leave behind? Meaning work harder to acquire more, accomplish more, so you can leave it to these kids that then eventually become ungrateful and (laughs) waste it all. (laughs) Right? But here's the real legacy question. If you want legacy... Who am I bringing with me? Now, what am I leaving behind? Who are you bringing with you? When you're standing before the gates of heaven and you say, hey, God, I brought my wife and kids. They're right here. I brought my husband and my kids. They're right here. And oh, by the way, I brought all my friends. I brought my employees. I brought all these people with me. See, that's legacy. Because that has eternal Uh, implications and fruitfulness what you leave behind doesn't it's material gets eaten by those funny moths you know Shelly what are you thinking here are we like hitting some truth or what yeah 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 I'm gonna get my man voice in here because people pay attention more when you speak deep and low okay so eternal consequence is the reason that I pursued military chaplaincy. Mm. I was sitting down with one of my chaplains many years ago. And this is after I understood and had Jesus in my life. And I said, why did you become a military chaplain? And he said, Shelly, what I do in the military is around matters that have eternal consequence. If you're not doing that with your life and your daily walks, then what are you doing? You're just wasting your time. And that was paramount for me to put in to have a what they called a branch transfer. I wanted to transfer out of being an intelligence officer and I wanted to transfer into the chaplain corps. And I put that request in. And I was so certain that I had followed and discerned the call to be a military chaplain. And this is years and years and years into a career of knowing that the military does not need 
one more intelligence professional. What the military genuinely needs is one more chaplain. If you don't know, we have a national shortage of chaplains, and this has been going on since the early 2000s. And even within the chaplain corps in 2017, we changed our military recognized denominations. And now there's 212 that are on the list of what religion you can be and serve in the military and serve as a chaplain. And so recognizing learning about the importance of spirituality and how much the military embraces spirituality. Yes, I care. I have a calling for my military brethren. I'm going to be a military chaplain. And so I did the hard work. I started seminary. I earned my master's degree. I put the paperwork in. For four years, I went through the fight of doing this branch transfer for four years, only for the military to discharge me. It was honorable, but I just hit time and grade. It was a paperwork issue. And I literally got emailed discharge orders one day. You want to talk about a career being over and feeling unfulfilled. Here's your email. Have a good life. <laughs> and so taking that to my chaplain recruiter and saying, uh, okay, now what? And he says, well, we'll just re-enlist. You'll just re-enlist directly into the chaplain corps. Great. Awesome. The dream is still alive. Shelly is going to be a military chaplain. Three years after that, finally, earlier this past year, I got the red light that said, no, you're medically disqualified from re-enlistment. And so now Shelly, who has been walking this path of military chaplaincy, I'm now an ordained minister and I have my educational requirements. And all of a sudden now I find myself on the outside of a finished career that I thought I was in the height of. And I'm sure that there are people listening who have been kicked out of a job or lost a job or COVID closed down their business or what is it? And all of a sudden you, you went from the top to the wasteland and you don't even know what to do anymore. And so I really appreciate the opportunity to share with this audience on you, Joseph, that I'm still here. I still have my dream. I still have my calling to be a military chaplain. And the chaplain said, no, the military said, no, thank you. Mm. So what do we do? We still serve as a chaplain to people in the military. We just fit, right. That's God's path. God said, Shelly, you can still do that. I put that call inside of you. But you're not going to do it inside of the military. You're going to have to figure out how to do it outside of the military. And that's where the Others Over Self is in. That's why the Warriors with Warriors program exists. Because we recognize that there is red tape inside the military and inside of the government that you can't get around. And, and we're struggling to make an impact. And so you know what? I genuinely believe that I heard the voice of God not once but twice in my life. And the second time I heard it, was when I was in a moment of despair after I got my discharge orders and I was told that I could not reenlist. And I'm just crying and I'm saying, well, what now? Like, this is my call. What do I do now? And God said, do you have to be a soldier to serve the soldiers? Hmm. He knows. He always knows. And I love that when he speaks so often, I hear that he speaks in questions. Mm -hmm. And so here I am, right? I'm a chaplain. I'm a civilian, I'm a veteran, and I'm trying to make a difference. And I truly believe and I know that every person of faith who exists has a genuine and unique opportunity to make a difference in the life of a military person. And it all starts with a conversation. You can save the life of a military person just by having a five-minute earnest conversation with them because that's something that they're not allowed to do inside the military for the most part. 
Tell us more about that. What do you actually mean we could save their life? You know how you go out to lunch and you walk in the restaurant Mm -hmm. and sometimes you see somebody in uniform. Yeah. If you want to honor them, let me just say thank you for having that mindset because I'm a person who has been in uniform and has been spit on for being in uniform. Mm. So if you're already in a place where you want to honor a military person, thank you. Now, how do we do that? I think the standard go-to in our society is the phrase, thank you for your service. You mm. probably say that, don't you, Joseph? Nah, you know I try I not it. to. I don't you like to be to? a cliche. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, that's a good recognition because yeah. it feels like a cliche, right? Some of us love it and we embrace that phrase and we say it. And there's others that are like, it just feels wrong. Yeah, you know, it feels it doesn't feel icky good and surface to me. I want to like actually ask a genuine question. There you go. So that's how we do it, right? The best thing that you can do when you see a military person is honor them by treating them like an actual person mm-hmm. and ask them questions that take that conversation to the next level. So ask them, why did they join the military? You might be really, really shocked at what you hear as an answer. My friend is a fighter pilot and she joined the military on a bet. <laughs> My friends are crazy. Right. They're bombers, they're tank drivers, they're fighter pilots. And we live just insane lives. You got two buddies, right? Joseph, your best Mm -hmm. friends are military personnel. That's right. And when you ask them questions, the answers you get blow your mind sometimes. Right. That's right. So don't be afraid to ask somebody, hey, man, why did you join the military? And then just let them talk. Another thing that we love to be asked is what branch do you serve in? What branch did you serve in? Maybe you don't know about all six branches, or maybe you don't even think the Coast Guard is a military branch or Space Force. Oh, my gosh, you guys, the Space Force is a thing. (laughs) I love this. And what if you talk with somebody who's in uniform and say, what branch are you? Even though it says Air Force right on their chest and you ask that question, you're not going to look stupid. Just ask them the question because they'll be so happy that they'll be able to feed into you and have that conversation. So then you could ask, like, why did you choose that branch over the others, right? Absolutely. Why did I go Army? That's a big question, especially for a female. I mean, Shelly, why did you? I mean, you obviously know Marines are better. That was a cheap shot, people. Cheap shot. Well, according to my (laughs) 12-year-old son, they are. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) You get it at home, too. (laughs) So we were watching Independence Day. You remember that Will Smith movie? Yeah, okay. So opening scene. And he's the fighter pilot combat, right? Sweat dripping everywhere. I mean, he's as cool as cool can be. And my son's watching and he's like, oh man, mom, he is so cool. And I said, you think he's cool? Why is he cool? Well, because he's a captain in the military. Son, you know, that's me, right? Like I'm the same thing. He goes, yeah, mom, but he's a Marine. (laughs) Oh, I can't come back from that. Uh, Yeah, you're done. You're grounded. And ask them what branch, you know, there's a big difference between the branches and why we choose one or the other. Maybe they have better benefits. Maybe they'll be honest with you and say, you know what, because this one paid for my college. Mm -hmm. Now you got something more you can talk about. Awesome. What school did you go to? What did you study? It's just basic conversation. But here's why it's so important. When you're in the military, you have to be so incredibly guarded with what you can and cannot say that it is very rare that we have an opportunity to openly share anything about ourselves. And so if you're just asking somebody politely in the restaurant, tell me a little bit about yourself. That's a moment that that person could cherish. Now, I was traveling overseas one time in the airport and I had a gentleman come up to me and he said, listen, 
I know you don't know me and you're going to think this is weird, but I'm going to give you my phone number. He said, if you need anything ever, I can't even imagine why you would call me, but I want you to know that I'm here for you. And he slid me that paper. Hmm. You know what, Joseph? There's very few people, if any, in my life that I felt at the time that I could call if I needed something. And for a stranger to walk up to me and offer me that, that's Christian. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't Christian at the time. (laughs) And so as a Christian, if you can be that giving of yourself and that vulnerable to say, I am here for you, if should you need something, then that goes a long way. And yeah, right. As a super hot, sexy, young woman in the military, right. When I got to my destination the whole way, I'm thinking, well, this dude is just a creeper and the, but weeks later, when I pull that pair of uniform pants out and I find that phone number and my life is just really, really dark. And the thoughts in my head are really, really dark. And I see that phone number. I think of that human being and I'm so thankful. And now I can say years and years later, looking back, that's the representation of what Christianity can do day to day. We just have to be willing to take that step. Mm. We're speaking with Shelly Rude. She is an army captain, badass, military chaplain. I think you're cool. Marines or not. I mean, you, you are. Okay. You just Your are. house is going to get bombed. <laughs> <laughs> I love all branches that protect our freedoms. I do. Shelly, you know, she's running uh, overs, uh, others over com. She's here, like, just opening up her heart to UBC Nation, to me, sharing with vulnerability the uh, feelings of loss of control in her own life, um, you know, in her family, what she's done with them, how she's brought them to God, and you know, Shelly, where are you cooperating with God right now? I mean, obviously, the others over self and the chaplain, that's awesome. Um, better question, what does God have next for you? Where is he taking you? What are you seeing? Those are great questions. So th- this whole feeling of loss of control, I mean, it, it's constant. And sometimes when we look to our left and to our right, um, we're being led by people who shouldn't be leading us. Hmm. whether it's intentionally or not. I mean, maybe you've got that boss or that person of a higher rank that has day-to-day impact and influence on you. Maybe it's your spouse and they're bringing home pornography or they're expecting you to participate in things that are non-biblical. Let's just keep it there. It's hard. It's very, very hard. It's hard to walk the path of a Christian when you're watching hedonism play out left and right all around you, right? The the military world is very Sparta. I think that we watch Captain America. I love Captain America. We need more Captain America. The military is not Captain America. The the military is like Tony Stark's running rampant. (laughs) (laughs) Or 300, you know? And... I have to remember that I was that. I was contributing to that once upon a time. Mm. And so to answer your question of what do I do with this, right? How do, How is God working in my life now? Well, what I've learned is that Shelly has to get out of the way. Yeah. Because what Shelly wants to do and what God wants to do rarely line up. 
And so a day-to-day action that I use is this incredible building that I get to do my day-to-day operations out of is on Selfridge Air National Guard Base. And on the bottom floor, we have a very small room that we turned into a chapel. And you know what it's like when you walk into work, right? So you get up, you get dressed, you get the kids off. It is my time. And maybe you listen to your podcast on the way in. Maybe you're just jamming out to your music and then you get to work and it's like, "Mm, time to take over the world. And so you sit down at your desk and it's like, boom, 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 boom. All my individual priorities have to happen now and have to happen my way. That is the wrong way to start your day at work. This is what I have learned about myself. The very first thing that I do when I'm in the presence of the work building is I go into the chapel and I take five minutes, 10 minutes, however long God tells me to take. And I ask him, God, I think I know what I need to do today. What do you want me to do today? What? That is groundbreaking. And then I get to my desk and I actually listen to him. And my list of 20 things now becomes a list of three or four or five. And it's amazing when you execute what God tells you to execute, the bigger picture stuff just happens. And it happens bigger and more beautifully than you could ever imagine. I so agree with you. There's someone listening right now that's like, Shelly, what do I do when I don't hear anything from God that day? You're not listening hard enough. (laughs) You're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) knife hands did you get the knife hands over the airwaves god is telling you god is always telling you if you're not hearing god and joseph i've heard you say this before if you're not hearing god's voice in your life it's because you're not listening god is speaking to you through the people around you he's speaking to you through the resources that he's giving you he's speaking to you when you're on hold for longer than expected he's speaking to you when you had to pay an extra late fee because of xyz Those are all acts of God. We're not just, oh, it drives me crazy when people talk about, oh, put it out into the universe and it will come back to you (laughs) as though nothing is in charge. Everything that happens in our life, absolutely everything will come back to you. Do you know that with my ex-husband, I had a moment where I was just, I was abused and I was in a negative place and I felt like I could never have that relationship mended, not even for a moment. And I thought to myself, you know what? If I was physically hurt in some way, it would show this man how much he cared for me and how much he should love me. It's like very Hallmark movie, right? I mean, can you imagine how (laughs) Hallmark has really shaped my view of what marriage should be, right? So it's like, God, I don't want to die and I don't want to be like seriously hurt. But if you could hurt me just a little bit so that he feels bad about his actions then maybe our relationship will mend. Do you know that at that moment, a bee flew up from underneath the bed at Fort Benning, (laughs) went in my pants and stung me. And it was just enough, right, to have a break of the conversation to give the man the opportunity to change his perspective on what was happening. I prayed for it and I got it. That is so specific. That's crazy, right? That's God crazy. And there's a million examples and opportunities like that that I know that exist in the world and is undeniable. When God speaks, you just have to listen for it. He's everywhere. BC Nation, we could keep talking. We really can. I mean, this is such a great conversation we're having with Shelly. Just remember this. God cares about the little details of you. 
and your life. Even when you think he doesn't, he does. And if you want proof, pray a very specific prayer like Shelley just gave you an example of and watch him show up and prove you wrong. That he actually does love you. (laughs) I mean, this is, I know so many people close to me that struggle with this, this feeling of unworthiness that God doesn't actually care enough about me. Other people's priorities are more, uh, other people are more important, et cetera. God's too busy, all this stuff. And they don't like just invite God to show up in their little problems. And then I know people who do. And they get little miracles throughout the day, the week, the month, and big ones too. And their faith is actually uh, strengthened, fortified every single time God shows up. So that's, that's a challenge for you, BC Nation. Which do you want to choose? How do you want to live? You want to live a life of miracles with God? Or do you want to live a life of loneliness away from him where you get to be right? He doesn't care about you. You're not that important. Okay. You're right. How's it working for you? And as an intelligence person, I love to be right. <laughs> yeah. But and you know, the thing, not I'll but being be right, right, but being right all the time is not always intelligent. Sorry, I, I had to throw that at you. With well, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Thank you. I see what you did there. All right. You know, when I get in an argument with anybody, I'll always win. That's that's what a good intelligence professional does, right? We stack the cards. We get all the data and we line up the argument in our favor. And, you know, that's one of those skill sets with marriage, especially that you have to learn. Do you want to be right or do you want to have a relationship? That's right. There you go. There you go. All right. Let's enter the confession round. But first, let's take a break. Okay, we're back with Shelly Rude. She's been dropping grenades here, people. And she throws like a girl, she says. So, like, whatever you want to do with that metaphor. All right, welcome to the confession round. Shelly, I'm going to ask you 10 quick-fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show. You get to win a prize. Not really. You ready? Not if there's no prize. There's a prize. You get to be right. Let's go. What's your favorite thing about God? My favorite thing about God is that he is all-knowing. There is truth. There absolutely is truth. And even when you can't see it or figure it out, uh, guess what? You're just a tiny speck in the earth anyway. You're not supposed to figure it out. What's your least favorite thing about God? He's so unpredictable. I mean, just within the last few years, I know two families that woke up to the loss of a child overnight because of an unforeseen medical condition. And that unpredictability with his majesty and how he works and why he has us walking the path that we walk. It, I mean, it really seems irreconcilable to the human mind and that's because it's made that way. Yeah. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently challenged with right now, either professionally or personally? Uh, I'm currently challenged with everybody else right now. (laughs) I am lacking empathy for my fellow human beings like no other. Yeah, I get that. What are you most afraid of? I believe so deeply that the lessons that we teach are biblical and that they need to be heard. And I'm so afraid that my day-to-day lessons are just falling on deaf ears. 
that it's just going in one ear and out the other and no action is actually going to be taken as a result of the lesson. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, there's so much. I could go so deep with that one, but I'm not going to. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Do you know this was a really hard question for me to answer because uh, I'm so self-righteous that I think that all of my time was accurately and appropriately spent over this last yeah, year. You're That's obviously perfect. You're perfect. That's amazing. <laughs> so it, it really has to be about not appreciating the moment, not appreciating right here. God put you here in this stinky, poopy diaper moment because that's where he wants you and you need to find the reason and the appreciation for why he has you there in that moment. Obviously, he wants to throw. He wants you to learn to throw the poop grenades better. Let's go. <laughs> we actually do that in our house, just by nice. The way. We got wrap them hoop. up real nice and tight, and we yell "incoming!" and then lob it. And then, over. like yeah. diaper genie, right? Yes. In it goes. What secret fear do you have about people? So on Sundays. I used to work in broadcast television and the news. And on Sundays, my secret habit is that I go through the news stories and I look for the worst. And it reminds me of the depths of evil that exist in humanity. Hmm. And so my secret fear about people is how much evil already is allowed to exist within them and how deep does that go? I'm not surprised with all that I've learned and seen and been exposed to in the military, evil is real. There's demons all around us. Spiritual warfare is not a joke. And my concern is how deep is it in the person sitting next to me? Do they even know? Can they even recognize hmm. that that piece of pornography is actually leading a young lady into a life of, prod of um, I'll just say horror. Yeah. We'll keep it somewhat G-rated here. Yeah, for sure. So speaking about that, what do you wish you had learned sooner about God? The Jesus piece. I never denied creation. I think that the world is just incredibly too beautiful to be a Big Bang Theory. And so I always knew that there was a maker and there was a creator but I could never really piece together where Jesus was a part of that. And it wasn't until I was in a Catholic church, even though I'm Protestant now, I was in a Catholic church outside Fort Huachuca, Arizona. And I heard the priest give a very brief message about how human beings were struggling to grasp God. And that's the reason for the Jesus piece. How could a human being ever explain humanity to an ant? You can't. We're so out far and away from the mental capacity of the ant. That is how, what God is to us. How Times can God- a zillion. How yes. can God describe himself to a human being? He had to show us just like babies. He had to show us. And I, I genuinely, you know what? If I had the Jesus piece sooner in my life, hmm. I would have a lot less hurt deep inside of me. Yeah. What's a new habit you're going to create? Mm. Praying before meetings. I'm always moved, like with you, Joseph, right? Before we go into an interaction with another human being, I'm always moved when the other person takes the initiative to pray first or at the end of the meeting. And I want that to be a staple of my spirituality as well. 
You know why I do that, right? So I don't mess things up too bad. That's the real reason. Okay. That is the truth. It is Because we truth. do. We screw everything up. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what's a bad habit you're going to break? It has to do with finances. I mean, my habits around finances really are terrible. They're very much like, oh, I'll file that receipt later. <laughs> so I think that uh, I just need to be more diligent with my finances. That's what that habit needs to look like. Pick three words to describe who you are now, Shelly. Now I am broken. I am also very content with where I am in life. And I'm very aware of the spirituality that's happening around me. Hmm. Broken, content, and aware. Interesting combo. Pick three words to describe who you were before you got the Jesus piece. G-rated. <laughs> Do they have to be G-rated words? Okay, so uh, before Jesus, I was still broken, very, very much so. Um, I was also very proud. I was just a proud, 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 proud young woman. Um, and I'm going to say sexy. I right, like I'm still a sexy woman in her own right, but I was overtly and intentionally sexy before God. Mm. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, tell your family, your friends, only one piece of advice about God and relationship with him, what would you say to them? About the relationship with God. Well, as a human being, our relationship with God is from the spirit. And so the advice has to be that you should always put the spirit first. You put the spirit over the needs of the body. You don't put the needs of the body over the needs of the spirit. That's backwards. And that's how the devil gets to you. So it has to be that you put the needs of the spirit first, always. Okay. Homework assignment time. You get to give BC Nation a homework assignment for this week if they want to move closer to God and get his plan moving in their life. What is your homework assignment for BC Nation? All right. So othersoverself.com slash BC, which means broken Catholic, which means Bravo Charlie, which means before Christ, othersoverself.com slash BC. On that webpage, you are going to find a downloadable 21-page article. You don't even have to give me your email address. It's a free 21-page article that my fellow veterans and I have put together, and it's entitled Four Ways to Make a Meaningful Connection with Military People. Read that article, learn how to have those meaningful connections, because you have the unique opportunity to speak truth into the lives of military people and improve their mental health. And it happens in five minutes. And that article is put to you through the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. That's how deeply they believe in the people of faith being able to make an impact on military people. Hmm. That's some cool stuff. Go get it, BC Nation, if you want. Do you enjoy this show? Do you love guests like Shelly who just open up and ask the questions you've been wanting to ask or do you even know you should be asking? and then get real answers to it? Is this helping you move forward in your walk with God? Is this helping you in your parenting, even in your marriage or even in your business? If so, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Stitcher Radio, go to 
BrokenCatholic.com, BrokenCatholic.com, and write your five-star review. Do that now. Would you do that? Do me a favor. Come on. I show up every week, and I give you an hour of my life. I'll never get it back. You're welcome. Could you go and write a five-star review? Do it now. Write it about Shelly, not about Joseph. Write it about Shelly, not about Joseph. And maybe I'll give you a live shout-out on the show like I'm about to do with handle Rich at Silence Teaches. Rich at Silence Teaches. Thank you for your five-star review. He wrote, powerful show. The host of Broken Catholic asks deep and thought-provoking questions. Uh, he summarizes and expands on what he heard to best help his community. Great show. Thank you, Rich at Silence Teaches, for your five-star review. BC Nation, go write yours now. Shelly, any last words you want to say to BC Nation? Anything? What do you got? What do you got? For those of you that are military or know military people in your life, it's extremely important that you understand that the value of who you are and what you do today as a human being is just as important as whatever you did during your time in the military. God gave you breath today because he expects you to walk today. Don't forget that. All right, Shelly Root, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your Thanks life. Thanks for having me on, Joseph. Bless you. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked, and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net, and let's see if I'm your guy.